Okay, today's daf is Shabbos, daf Mem Heim and Aleph, and we are up to Ba'amine Rishlokish Mirab Yechnan. So some Gemaras have a dot in it. It's about 12 lines into Mem Heim and Aleph. Uh, we are still discussing the halachas of Muksa, and we're getting a little more detailed into what is the shita of Rab Shimon. Rab Shimon, we say from Rab Shimon, Lesle Muksa. There's no such thing as Muksa. So, what does that mean? There's no Muksa. When would Rab Shimon agree that there is Muksa? We know Muksa is already a takana from long ago. So, he has to hold of something. So, we're going to see. asked. A Shiloh from Rabbi Yechanan, he said like this Chitim, you take wheat kernels, Shezeran, Bakarka, you planted it in the dirt, but it didn't take root yet. If it took root already, so pulling it out on Shabbos or Yantif would be an Isser de Araisa. We'll get to what exactly the Isser would be. Probably an, an, an Isser de Araisa, but that's later on. But we're discussing where it didn't take root yet. But from the mere fact that this person planted these seeds in the dirt, or baitsim shatakas tarnagolas. You put a egg under that's underneath a uh, chicken. You put it there. So, from the fact that you put it there, wouldn't that be a sign showing that you do not, or you're not going, you don't plan on using this anyantif. You don't plan on cooking this egg. You don't plan on grinding up this this uh, wheat to make flour. So mahu, what's the halacha? Do we say, ki less lay the Reb Shimon Muksa? When does Reb Shimon say that there's no such thing as Muksa? That's only hechad loy dachye biadayim. Where a person himself didn't actually take it and move it away. However, hechad dachye biadayim, where he himself did an action on Arab Shabbos, or Arab Yantif in this situation probably, with the uh, egg. And he showed that he's not going to use it for Yantif by putting it underneath the chicken, or by taking kernels and putting it into the ground, and he himself put it away, maybe Islay Muksa. Perhaps Rab Shimon would agree that in that case there is Muksa. Or perhaps Loishna. Maybe there's no differentiation. He never holds a Muksa. So that's the question. When Rab Shimon says there's no din of Muksa, is that limited to when you didn't do anything specifically to put it away from your hands? Or no, maybe even if I put it away from, I, I was dachi biyadayim, I put it away, I, showing that I'm not going to use it on Shabbos, still he would hold, there's no loishna, there's no difference, there is no moksa. So that was the question Reish Lakish asked from Rabbi Yechanan. So Amalei, Rabbi Yechanan responds, Ain moksa the Rab Shimon, there's no moksa according to Rab Shimon, Ela Shemen Shabaner, the oil that's in a candle, when the candle is burning, when it's still lit, so there, there's an iser daraisa to remove the oil from the candle, because by removing the oil from the candle, that's called an iser of kiboy, you're extinguishing the candle, and at that point, there will be a iser to remove it. Not only that, he adds another thing, hoyo since it's muksa. For the mitzvah, there's a mitzvah halakas near Shabbos to light your Shabbos candles. And when there's a halacha, we're going to get into this in a moment, that when something is set aside for a mitzvah, you cannot use it for chaldika uh, uses, you can't use it for non mitzvah purposes. So, first of all, it's hukzali mitzvah, and hukzali surah, and it's also mukzali surah. So, you have two things, two reasons why Rabbi Shimon would, would hold that. Oil in a candle while it's burning 
only your Shabbos candles. Let's say you lit candles in the bathroom. Nothing to do with Shabbos. Maybe that would not be part of this. But it seems like your, Shab- your Shabbos candles that you lit for the covered Shabbos, while it's lit, that's muksa. And there's two uh, ingredients that make something muksa. And you need both. You need it to be set aside for a mitzvah. And, and this example is, it's a ner Shabbos. And it has to be that it was also for me to, it's also for me to move it. It's also for me to remove oil from it. Why? By moving the oil, I would extinguish the fire. So with these two things, that's when Rav Shimon agrees there's muksa. Okay, so let's see what the Gemara attacks this this uh, this svara. Meaning, he's saying that when there's both muksa lemitzvasi and muksa liyisuri, that's when Rav Shimon holds there's muksa. So the Gemara says v'lesle hukta lemitzvasi. What Rav Shimon doesn't hold of this concept of just being muksa lemitzvasi in general. That if something is set aside for a mitzvah, it would be muksa. Is that true? V'hatani learned in a in a brisa. This is a famous brisa. We're going to get into this in Masechta Sukkah. We spend time on this. But we'll, we'll touch upon some of the halachas from this as well. So the Brisa says, So once you already made your schach, you have your uh, kosher schach, you put some type of, uh, you know, your decorations, these are uh, woven, uh, you know, art, different types of linens, you hang over there, you have to go to Hasidish, uh, you know, sukkah, they have all these fancy, fancy, schmancy, uh, Decorations, the talabot agaisim, and they would suspend nuts, a parsikin, these different types of fruits, shkedim, rimonim, a parkle shal anavim, your clusters of grapes, a tower shal shiboilin, your clusters, you have kernels, the yeno, shmonim, slosses, you have all these different types of food hanging from the guy's sukkah, all these salamis, but but people do this as their noy sukkah. Noy sukkah having sukkah decorations. So what's the halacha? So, first of all, just that gemara clearly shows there's no problem of a chatzitza. That there's no chatzitza between, you know, some people are makpid not to have, you know, sukkah decorations because there's a chatzitza. When you look at the schach, it seems like that the minog was definitely to have uh, sukkah decorations. That's just one point from that Gemara. But either way, these items, you have grapes, you have uh, nuts. So you cannot use it. Let's say you were hanging uh, salami from your, from your sukkah and you did this lenoi. That's how you like your, your sukkah to look with a nice hanging salami, and you, you did it as sukkah decorations, halacha is, you can't take a slice of salami, even on chalamite. You cannot take a slice until ad until the final day, meaning, which in chutzlar to be simchas taira, after simchas taira, then it's no longer considered muksa. Why? There's a concept of being muksa le mitzvah. These things were set aside to be used as sukkah decorations and it's not just to make you know to, to, to look nice it's intrinsic in the mit in in in, a, in in beautifying a mitzvah that itself becomes part of the mitzvah there's some kedusha again there's no kedusha of yurke vavke you know it's not going to be that ultimate level of kedusha but when a person sets something aside for a mitzvah so you gave it uh value and you cannot use it for non-mitzvah uses and therefore you cannot eat a salami you can't drink the wine that was put in the in the sukkah now but let's say Erev Yontif you did a tanai and he said my tanai is that this salami is not going to be for noy sukkah I just like hanging it here I don't want it to be bottled to the sukkah you can make a tanai in many I was once by someone's house first night of sukkahs, and he was busy saying this, 
could be it was too late at that point, but he was saying that my my decorations, I'm making a tonight that they should not be part of the sukkah, they're not considered noy sukkah. Just by the way, the place can discuss that by doing that, first of all, you lose out on your hider hamitzvah. If you're saying that I don't want it to be decorations, I don't want it to make my sukkah beautiful, so then you're not yotze, your your hider mitzvah that you're trying to do. You're spending all this money on decorations, that's first of all. And second of all, maybe then you do have a shayla if it's on top of you and and uh, you're not sitting underneath the schach. So if you had sukkah decorations, it's lenoi, it's to beautify the sukkah, perhaps you could say that it's bottle to the schach. But once you start making making a tenayim, I mean a tenai, I don't really want it to be part of the sukkah, perhaps you lose that heter. We'll discuss that in the sechta sukkah. We have a few months until we get there. Okay. So, but either way, from right here, we're, we're seeing this concept of huktzalimitzvasai. So we're assuming that this brysa is agreed that Rab Shimon agrees to this brisa. So the Gemara says, "We might dear Rab Shimon. How do you know that this brisa aligns with the opinion of Rab Shimon?" We, we're trying to ask Rab Shimon. Rab Shimon says, "The only time, according to Rab Yechonah, the only Rab Yechonah is saying that Rab Shimon holds the only time you have muksa is when you have muksa le mitzvah and muksa le iser, where you have your your Shabbos candles. Where one number one, this is a specific mitzvah use Shabbos candles, halakas near Shabbos, and number two is that." I can't move it because that would be keyboy. So you need those two things to create muksa. Comes along the Gemara, the Gemara says, hold on, are you telling me Rabbi Rab Shimon doesn't hold of muksa machmas mitzvah? Independent on Isser. We have this brysa in sukkah, which says if a person set aside his decorations as noy sukkah, it becomes muksa. So the Gemara says, we might, Rabbi Shimon, how do I know that this brysa aligns with Rabbi Shimon? Titani Rabbi Bar Yosef, Kamei Rabbi Yechna, Rabbi Bar Yosef taught this in front of Yerchanan, he said like this, a noitlin eats him in a sukkah. You can't take wood from a sukkah, beyantiv. Now, it's not talking about sukkahs. It's talking about beyantiv, a regular yantiv. Let's say just now, Pesach time, a person who would have built a sukkah. They don't, not, not the mitzvah of sukkah, a hut. He built a hut. Some shuls have a uh, sukkah all year round. It's easier to keep it up, you know, Shem Shabbos. So you have one of these huts, and it's yantiv. And what happened was, you want to, you, uh, you want to uh, use some of the wood from this hut that fell down. So the, the Rabbi by Yosef told Rabbi Yechanan that the halacha is this, the b'raisa a noitlin eitzim and a sukkah b'yantif. You cannot use this wood that fell down on yantif. Only from the wood that was near the structure of the hut, but not part of the structure. If it was part of the structure, so then when yantif came in, you were not allowed to take off a piece of wood. That would be soicer, that would be destroyed. You can't take a, can't take a, a, a beam from your sukkah on Yantif. However, if it was on the side, so it wasn't part of the structure, so it, it wouldn't be muksa. So you're just saying that there's a, there's a classic example of muksa, like in the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, that since when Yantif came in, I could not have used this wood, since this wood was part of the hut, Unless I do, unless I do soicer, unless I would take, yeah, I would actually physically remove it on Shabbos or Yantiv would be aser, and therefore it's moksa. So therefore, the only thing you could use is hasamachla, min hasamachla, the wood that's around it, that's not part of the structure. That's first opinion. Comes Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon Mater. Rab Shimon holds his mutter, no problem. Since these things typically would break, you got your IKEA hut and it's going to break. So there's no mux on it. Since it's 
theoretically, the wood would become available on Yantif to use as firewood. Ah, you built a hut before Yantif? Eh, it's not going to last. So according to Shimon, as long as there's a theoretical chance that it could be able to use it on Yantif, Halacha is there's no muksa. However, Vishavin, this is what we're trying to pull out here. Vishavin and the Tanakam and Rav Shimon agree. Let's see, on Sukkot itself, if this would happen, not Pesach, not Shavuot, not, not a regular Yantif, we want to use it as firewood. This would happen on Sukkot, that the hut would fall down, even if you brought it from Ikea. Still, Shahiya Surah, it's Asr. It would still be Asr to use the, the wood that fell. Why? Why would Sukkot be different than a hut on Shavuot or hut on Pesach? Obviously, Rabbi Shimon holds there's a concept of, of Muktzah Limitzvasai. If it's Huktzah Limitzvasai, if it was made for Sukkah, Sukkot itself, not a hut, Sukkot, there's a concept of Muktzah. Now, you just put. If your Sukkot's gonna. If your sukkah is going to fall down, how is it a kosher sukkah? It's a very good point. So if you know it's for sure, let's say it's going to fall down in a ruach, in a ruach she'ina metsuya. It would only fall down in a wind, in an unusual wind. Now over the course of Yantif, it might happen, right? Halach is your yaitza, as long as it wouldn't fall apart. But most things, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't most things fall down? I mean, is that considered something No, so that's fine. So I'm, no, I'm just going to give an example. That would be fine. It would be, halachically, it would be a kosher sukkah. That as long as it wouldn't fall in a tip, in the typical wet in your typical weather, halachas it's fine. Now it could be you have gusty winds like today, and it would have fell fell down. So that as long as theoretically it could fall on Yantif, according to Rab Shimon, it wouldn't be muksa because there's a way for me to have access to this wood on Yantif to add to my to my fireplace or to my grill. Okay, however. For some reason, when it comes to Sukkot, Rav Shimon argues, this is all fine and dandy for your hut, but Sukkot itself, the, the difference is that that was hooked to limits Mitzvah. That was there for a Sukkah. It's not just a hut. It looks like a hut, but it's a sukkah. And a sukkah is hooked to the mitzvah. You cannot use the wood that fell off of it for your firewood. That's called mutzah machmas mitzvah. He just throws in vim hisna aleha hakolofit night. So, and if you made it tonight, of course, you can make it tonight that this is not really a sukkah, very, that, that, uh, that it's not mutzah. Very fascinating how you make it tonight on your actual sukkah. But we'll leave it at that. Either way, the Gemara is bothered. How could Rabbi Yechanan say the Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold of muksa unless you have hooked to limit and hooked to right over here when it comes to sukkahs itself even on chalamayd you wouldn't be able to use uh, a piece of wood that fell from the sukkah because obviously of shimon holds there's a concept of hooked to limit independent of hooked to iser so why do you have to come up with a case of shabbos candles it doesn't have to be shabbos candles candles in the bathroom anything i'm sorry uh, Anything that's not even doesn't have to be candles. Anything that's hooked to the mitzvah would be muksa. So the Gemara is like this. When, when we said that Rav Shimon holds that, that there's a concept of muksa, what he meant to say was, was that ke'en shemen shebener kamirn. Rav Shimon agrees that there is muksa as long as it's similar to shemen shebener. What does that mean? That there's a timetable here. And hoyel the hukzasi le mitzvah the same way that it's, or, or in the time that it's Muxal Mitzvah, where you're lighting your, you lit your Shabbos candles, when the nair is burning, so then it is Huxal Mitzvah. So once the candle goes out, it's no longer your Friday night nair Shabbos, then it'll be Mutter to use. So it's Hoyal Huxal Mitzvah, Huxal Mitzvah, that's when it's Muxal 
uh, as long as the candle is lit. Okay, so that's what we're going to leave. We're going to leave it that Rabbi Shimon agrees that there is a concept of of of, of mitzvah on its own. When we use this terminology of hayl hukzal mitzvah, so hukzal we weren't saying you need both. We were just saying that since the only reason why it's muksa in this case was because of mitzvah, that it's l'shem, it's it's being done for a mitzvah of ner shabbos. So the time frame would be when it will be usher, which is hukzal That time, well, once the candle goes out, it is no longer muksa. In my nami, we have a similar discussion. Amr Abchiyav or Abba, Rabbi Yechonon. And this explains it even more that Rab Shimon agrees there's muksa only when it's shemen shabaner, oil in a candle, bisha shahu doilek, while it's being while it's still lit. That since it's a muksa for its mitzvah, that's when it is muksa. Uh, on Shabbos. I'm Rabbi Yudam Rashmul, ain't muktzel Rabbi Shimon. So you have a new, new sheet, a new way of understanding it. According to Rabbi Yudam Rashmul, ain't muktzel Rabbi Shimon. Ela groy groy svitzimukim bilvad. Only when it comes to raisins, and uh, sorry, these are that's that's the second part. Simukim, but the groy groy is dried figs, and simukim is dried grapes, which we call raisins. Those are the only things that would become muktzel. Now, what happened was like this: that. You know, if you look at a lot of the Purushan, they say back in the day when they wanted to dry out these fruits, so they would take it up to the roof and they would dry it in the sun. So the truth is, if you if you buy products, some products from the Middle East that are dried spices or the like, depending on the quality, it might be sun-dried, I don't know, a dill that you're buying from uh, Saudi Arabia or Egypt or uh, Turkey. So look at the... Uh, uh, country of origin on your dry spices, some of them, in fact, do dry it out in the sun. There actually is a tremendous nafkamina in kashras. Uh, we're making on all of them, the, the national hashkachas, but some hashkachas are, are uh, the differentiate between a sun-dried uh, herb versus a, let's see, it was put in a dehydrator or freeze-dried. Uh, the concern is bugs. When you have a sun-dried bug, perhaps it's not really dry, and it wasn't, you know, they had to package it quickly, so the bug is still there. But if you have these uh, dehydrated uh, herbs, so the bugs get uh, obliterated in the process, and there's no uh, shratzen. But either way, many of the hashkachas are making on both of them, but it does play a role. So I'm just saying, this thing does take place. If you, if you Google it, sun-dried spices in the Middle East, you'll find. There are companies that still do it. I think the FDA doesn't allow everything. Some things we still allow in America. So, ayin sham. But either way, what they used to do with raisins and their figs was used to take it up to the roof and dry it out on the sun. So when it dries out, there's a few things going on there. Number one is that you yourself brought it up. You brought it up showing that I'm processing it. I'm taking good grapes and I'm making raisins. So that shows that I'm not eating it on Shabbos. Additionally, we're going to see the Gemara and Beta uh, expands on this, that during that time, it was, it was bad. Meaning, if you ate it right before you started the process, you had a grape. If you waited until the end, you had a raisin. But in between, it was nishtahi, nishtaher, it wasn't considered edible. So that's the only time Rabbi Shimon says there's muksa, because these things, in the process of it becoming a raisin, or becoming a... A, 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 a fig, that's when 
these things are moksav. So the says, "Midi achrini loy." There's nothing else. Someone's eating figs, and he has extra figs. Vehelon legag. So what do you do if you have extra product? You have extra milk, so you make a dried milk. So you have extra figs. You bring it to the roof. He brings it up to the roof to make dried figs from it. You know, Yiddish business. Let's say he's eating bad novum, he's eating grapes, Vahaiser, and he left over some some grapes, the hell of he brings it to the roof, last smukin. So Loyacha, the Brysa says you cannot eat it on Shabbos. Meaning he did this on Thursday. But since he did this thing on Thursday and he put it up on the roof, looks like it's gonna be drying out over Shabbos. You cannot eat it. You show that you no longer consider it food. Ashiyasman, until you prepare it, until you we're gonna to have to get into this in Satos Beta. What does Hasmana mean? You have to you have to show that you want it on Shabbos. Perhaps even just thinking, Rashi brings down, even just thinking itself that I want this on Shabbos, that would work. You have these uh, pears and uh, these types of peer, uh, peaches, pears, pears, all types of fruits that you brought up to the roof to dry them out. In order for you to use it on Shabbos, you have to have some type of machshava before Shabbos. To, to take back your action. You brought it up to the roof. In order for you to eat it on Shabbos, you have to have a machshav, which seems like status quo is, by default, these things would be muksa. So the Gemara says, Mani, who is this like? Now, again, what's our question? Our question was, we set up, Shimon only holds this muksa by Gregorius Vitzimukim. Figs and grapes. Now we're trying to ask, that there's other things that we see are moksa here. So now we say, hold on, who said this is Rab Shimon? So Mani, Elam Rabbi Yehuda, if this is Shita Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that there's always moksa, so one second, I need Rabbi Yehuda to tell me that if I take something up to the roof and let it dry out, that it's also moksa, Rabbi Yehuda holds everything's moksa, not everything, but 90% of things are moksa according to Rabbi Yehuda, unless it was specifically mukhan for a person, Rabbi Yehuda holds moksa. Elam Rabbi Yehuda, ma hechad loitachim in, in, in examples where you do not push it with your hands. Still, Isle, he holds a muksa, as in the last few dafim we just had, Abihuda holds is always muksa. So, hechadadachi, Abihudaim, where a guy specifically took it to the roof to dry it out, like Kolchkin, of course it's going to be muksa. So, this cannot be what. Rabbi, that this was Rabbi Yehuda's statement. And the kasha is, you told me Rabbi Shimon holds of muksa only by groigers vitzimukim. I added a bunch of things to the list. Peaches and pears and, and uh, all other types of things. So, which one is this? The Gemara said, "La'ilam really Rabbi Yehuda." No, it's Rabbi Yehuda. Ah, what do you mean? Rabbi Yehuda is always mukso. So, what's the chiddush that someone brings it up? So, the Gemara says, "Oichel is food, where a person was actually eating it. He was in the middle of eating it. Then he brought it up. That's the chiddush." Salkadai the Chamin. I would have thought to say, "Kevin the Ka'achav Azul," since he's eating the fruit. So, so lightly boy has mana. So maybe even though he brought it up to the roof, since he was eating it, perhaps. His das is still on it. And therefore, I might think that you don't need to have a machshava to call it fruit. He was eating it right before. So, so Kamash Malan, still, Rabbi Huda tells me, no, it's still considered muksa. Well, I just came in the hell and the God, since the end of the day, he brought it to the roof. He showed that he no longer wants to eat them, he's letting them dry out. Okay. <clears throat> Fine. That is the tarots, and therefore there's no kash on Rab Shimon. According, so we're back to square one. According to Rab Shimon, there's only muksa by groigers vitzimukim.
Next. Boy of Shimon Rebbe So Rab Shimon, the son of Rebbe, asked Rebbe. So Rab Shimon was the son of Rebbe in the uh, in the lineage of uh, of, of Hillel's family. A lot of Rab Shimon's you have Rab Shimon a few times, you have Rebbe, and you have Rab Shimon, the son of Rebbe. So he asked him the following question. He said, Patsile tomorrow. So you had these dates that are not ripe, not ripe yet. What's the halacha according to Rab Shimon? So they, they already they picked it off the fruit, and one day it will, it will become good. But at this point, it's not edible. Let's say you buy an avocado that's hard like a rock. According to Rab Shimon, what would the halacha be? So Amalei, in muksla Rab Shimon, ela groigros vitzimukem levad. Rab Shimon holds it only muksa when it comes to groigros, when it comes to figs, or or raisins that are being dried out. That's it. Not this hard avocado, this unripe date. That is not muksa according to Rab Shimon. Okay. <clears throat> now, this was the response of Rebbe to his son. So the Gemara asked for Rebbe, Leslie Muksa, what Rebbe doesn't hold the Muksa? But now I learned in the last Mishnah in Beitza. The Mishnah there is discussing which animals you could shecht on Yantif. Halach is you light a shecht on Yantif. So back in the day, they had the shechita on Yantif. Today we don't do it. Many of the places can discuss if you could do it today, if you have roiv behemoths and not kosher, so maybe it's a suffix, you shouldn't do it. But either way, the minute for many years that we don't shecht, if someone needs to, they would. But halachically, we, we, the halach is you're allowed to shecht on yantif. The Mishnah says you're allowed to shecht. Now, which animals are considered prepared? Can I just, you know, go, go uh, hunting, I don't know, go find the deer running around and shecht the deer on, on yantif? Not a bad idea, right? So the Gemara says like this. The, the mission of Beitza, Daf Memem Aleph, Ein Mashkin V'Shechetin. You can't water. Water is just part of the process before you shecht. Ein Mashkin V'Shechetin as Hamidbarios. You cannot shecht the animals that are called the Midbarios. Avo Mashkin V'Shechetin as a Baisais. Baisais is the is from the word bias, the ones that hang around the house. So those you would consider muhan prepared, that they were prepared. That theoretically you could use them. Uh, you were you were going to use them. But the midbarius, the ones that, that roam in the midbar, the desert ones, the elk, yeah, the, those those you can't shecht on Yantav. Now, Vitania, the Bryce over there says, Eluhin midbarius, what is called midbarius, the, the animals that are not hanging around your house and you cannot shecht them on Yantav? They go out after Pesach and they hang out there the whole summer, and they come back to, to the Yishuv, they come back to, to town, Baravia. At the uh, the beginning of the of the rainy season, that's called the revia. That's the animals that you cannot shecht on yantif because those are called midbarias. And what is called baisois? Baisois is kol sheyotzeis verois chutzlatchom. They go out and they pasture. Uh, they they pasture outside the um, the tchom. Uboys velonis besechatchom, and they come back and they go to sleep at night inside the tchom within the uh, the city. Area, Tchum Shabbos, two thousand Amos. You can figure it out. That is the Tanakama. So the Tanakama says, depends. If they leave for six months at a time, that's called Midbarias. But if they come back at night, so that's called Baisos. So they 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 they're considered that expected to be here on Yantav. Rabbi Oimer, Elu Elu Baisos. Hey, no. Even if they come back every six months, that's fine. They're still considered Baisos. So what is the Midbarius? Veilim Midbarius. Kol Shiroyis Ba'afar. Ve'inech Nasis La'Yishav Le'Vim Esacham Of Le'Vim Esak Shamim. They never come back to civility. You find, I don't know, a wild buffalo or uh, I don't know something that doesn't come back. 
it's kosher, obviously, doesn't come back to civility, to, to civilization. So those animals, they might be kosher, but since you didn't expect them to be there on Yantif, you cannot shecht on Yantif. But even if you have things that, you know, that don't come all the time, they take six months, uh, six month break in the summer, but then they come back during the winter months, those you could shecht according to Rebbe. So what do you see from here? That Rebbe clearly holds a muksa. According to Rab Shimon, let, let's go back to this Mishnah. If we had to plug in Shitas Rab Shimon and Shitas Rab Yehuda in the Mishnah, what would we say? Rab Shimon Leslie Muksa. Rab Shimon holds, there's no muksa. As long as I can theoretically use this item on Yantif, it's not muksa. Can I shecht this elk on Yantif? Why not? Is elk edible? Yes. Is it kosher? Yes. Can I shecht it? Why not? Mutter. So what's the difference if it's midbarios or it's uh, baisois? The only time I'm shimon holds something as muksa is when I can't use it. I have groigers vitzimukim, I pushed it away with my hands, and it's in the middle of mid-process, mid it's not going to taste good, that's muksa. If somehow, miraculously, it ended up becoming a good raisin, too bad. Because over Shabbos, that uh, I already decided I'm not using it. But animals you could use. So if Rebbe is saying pshat in what is considered baisois, what's considered midbarius, obviously he holds of muksa. So why is he telling his son that this patsile tamara, top of the page, is not muksa because it's not grogers vitzimukim? What do you mean? Rebbe holds of muksa. Clearly, in the Mishnah, in the end of Satos Beitzah, discussing the animals. So the Gemara says like this, a few terutsim. Ibai seima, hani nami, dami. Perhaps you could say that the same way Rabbi Shimon holds grogers vitzimukim is Moksa, Rabbi Shimon would agree that Midbarius, the animals that never, ever, ever show up to town, those would be considered Moksa, and even if one happens to come to town on Yantif, you would not be able to shaft it. Why is that? So you have to figure out, maybe it's just so beyond your, your, your uh, beyond Muchan, prepared, it's so uh, not expected, maybe Rabbi Shimon would agree that that would be also considered Moksa. Some of the Rishonim say there's a Tircha, there's a there's a, a tircha involved when you have groigers with simukim and perhaps some type of tircha of going to trap these animals or that or shaft them and that's why but either way that's answer number one the Rav Shimon would agree to this case so therefore Rebbe could be aligning with the sheet of Rav Shimon that there's no muksa yet they would be they would agree there's muksa by these midbarias that's terrorist number one terrorist number two Liboy Seima Lidvarov Rav Shimon he was just telling him what Rav Shimon held. And when he asked him, so this, this person asked, asked Rebbe, what does Rav Shimon hold by Patsili Tamara? And he answered, Rav Shimon holds, this is Mutter. It doesn't mean Rebbe himself held like him. Okay? So, and he himself didn't hold like him. Maybe Rebbe, in Masechta's Beitza, was doing something else. In Masechta Shabbos, when Rebbe was asked about Muksa, he he paskin like Rab Shimon. He asking me what I hold, I hold like Rab Shimon. No Muksa except for Groigers Vitzimukim. So why is Rebbe sticking himself into this machoikas in Beitzadaf Mem? Rebbe is just trying to bring out the opinion of the Chachamim. So he's speaking to the Chachamim. He says, in my opinion, less than Muksa Klau. There's no Muksa. 
since you could theoretically shecht this elk on Yantif, there's no muksa. But you guys who hold the muksa, agree to me at least. If they come by sometime, how could you say it's so out of the realm of my thought that I'm not going to shecht? What do you mean they come by uh, half the year? So how could you say it? I don't, I don't think about them. No, since they're not here every night, they don't come back home to sleep. That is not considered part of my das for for uh, for Yantif and the Rabbanim say that it's still muksa. So don't bring me a raya from there that Rebbe holds there's muksa. No, Rebbe was just arguing in the Chachamim and asking them why they are such an extreme opinion. He's trying to tell them that really they should still consider these animals that come back that come back some time of the year to be considered baisays. Okay, so Amar Rabbi Barachan Amar Biyachanan. Amru, they said in Yeshiva, Halacha Kerab Shimon, the Halacha is like Rab Shimon. So, and seemingly that Rabbi Yochanan is saying, that's what they said in Yeshiva, Rabbi Yochanan agreed that the Halacha is like Rab Shimon, that there is no muksa except, except for some cases, right? There's no, there's no muksa except for a few. Umi Amru Rabbi Yochanan Hachi, did Rabbi Yochanan say this, that there's no muksa, that, that the Halacha is like Rab Shimon, so this Ahu Saba that came from me, the replace of Karoya or Saroya, he asked me, Rabbi Yochanan, Kina, you have a coop, Shatana Gailis, of a uh, chicken coop, so this was a portable chicken coop, can you move it on Shabbos? So what would be the Shiloh? The Shiloh would be that a chicken coop is made for chickens. Animals are, look at Toysus over here, and this is how we pass in the halacha. Animals are muksa. If you own a pet, we'll discuss a different time, perhaps what, what, how you walk your dog on Shabbos, how do you figure these things out. Okay, so it's a good Shiloh, a good discussion. But either way, classic halacha is, look in the Shochanach, a pet, I don't know about a pet, we'll discuss a pet a different time. A a non-pet animal for now. Many boys can hold pets included as well, but we'll leave it for that. That a tanagolim, a is definitely muksa. A live chicken, what do you do with a live chicken on Shabbos? You can't shecht it, it's useless. So that's considered muksa on Shabbos. So the Gemara is like this. Kinosh tanagolim, smile a little bit Shabbos. What are you going to do? Could, can I move, can I handle this chicken coop on Shabbos? So Amarle, so the Rabbi Yechonin said, Klum Asoi, What's its purpose for? It's only there for, for chickens, roosters. And therefore, that's muksa. And if its only use is for the chickens, so that would be muksa, since it's not made to be used by a person. Now, what's the question? Weren't chickens used for alarm clocks? Roosters? Like the story with Herbie Akiva. Right, so the truth is... <laughs> Yeah, we say this every every morning in Davani, right? So the truth is that that's not called a use. Ishtab just means I am using it to, I need it, I need to move it on Shabbos, right? I need to move it just to look at something. Let's say a person has a television. I don't know, that's not that's not considered a hishtab just. Even if you are a security guard and you're watching, you're watching, uh, I don't know, you're, you're watching cameras on Shabbos, right? But the actual television, even though I'm using it, there's no heter use to on Shabbos, okay? I don't need to move it. What do I need to move it for? Same thing over here, the chicken. There's a discussion Tyson talks about that they used to uh, have a these chickens to l'shasig boitinok, kisha You would give it to the, you know, when the kid's crying, so today you give a pacifier or you give a, a rattle, then they just, they threw a chicken in the crib. So uh, that, that calmed the kid down. <laughs> or the parents couldn't hear them anymore, I don't know. 
So that, that so there the kid is actually the child is playing with the with the, with the chicken. So then it would that then it wouldn't be muksa. But for most people, your chicken is muksa. Okay. So the question is over here. <clears throat> you have this basket that is tip is designed to be used for chickens. And Rabbi Yechonin says it's moksa. So let's go back. Shittas Rab Shimon versus Shittas Rab Yehuda. According to Rabbi Yehuda, of course it's moksa. It's designed to be used for chickens. That's moksa. According to Rabbi Shimon, I don't care what it's designed for. I can use it to put uh, my beer in it. I can do whatever I want. I can put uh, Diet Coke in there. Whatever. I, 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 since it's technically usable for something, there's no moksa. That's Shittas Rab Shimon that we kept on saying. So how could Rabbi Yechonin say, Hawacha Rab Shimon, he holds it's moksa. This chicken coop is moksa. So Mars on the Isbeya Freyachai. We're talking about, I'm sorry, sorry, this by Ephraim Mace. That this chicken coop has in it a dead chicken, and there a dead chicken is not usable on Shabbos. And Rabbi Shimon holds that if it was alive before Shabbos, for some reason you would not be able to feed this dead chicken to your dogs. Even Rabbi Shimon would hold it is, it is usr. Okay? So that's why Rabbi Yechonin said this chicken coop is asr, but real is muksa. Usually the chicken coop would not be muksa since I could theoretically use it to store things in there. I could put things in there. I don't know, whatever. But here, it has a dead chicken in it. That's why it is muksa. So the Gemara says, hold on. That this only fits well with Ameymar Meshmed Rava that holds that Rabbi Shimon agrees that when animals died on Shabbos Shasurin that you cannot use their you cannot use their their, uh, their meat for feeding your dogs even though technically dogs will eat it but in that case that's considered that it was it was it was it was not muhan it wasn't prepared for that even if an animal died on Shabbos, So what's what's so then what would be the difference if it's a Freyachai, a Freyach Mace? Either way, according to this Shita, even if you have a dead chicken in the box, it's not muksa. That there's an egg, and if there's an egg, oh, maybe Rabbi Shimon agrees that an egg that was born on Shabbos, again, opening Mishnah, Beitza, Beitza Shnol Debiantiv, an egg was born on Shabbos, Rabbi Shimon would agree there's an Isser of Noilud. Someone says, really? Um, Rav Nachman, this is the first sugya in Beitza, Manda Isle Muksa, Isle Noilud, Manda Lesle Muksa, Lesle Noilud, Rabbi Shimon holds there is no problem of Noilud. So that can't be that the case was there was an egg over there. So the Gemara says, rather, the Ispe Beitza's Ephraim. He had this in between. Uh, egg. So you have this egg that has a chick in it. So you have this egg with a chick in it. If you ever hear this, you know, you buy these organic eggs. No, I'm joking. You wouldn't have this. But you, you shouldn't have this today. Unless you're buying it from a local farm where there's roosters around, you're typically not going to have a Beitzas Efroyach. But back in the day, lived on typical farms, you would have a Beitzas Efroyach, and the chick the, the, it was going to hatch at some point. So I, I, in between the process... So now think about the Groigers Vitsimukim, that when it's a grape, it's good. When it's a raisin, it's fine. You can sell it. However, in between, not edible. Same thing over here. Early, earlier stage of the egg forming, you can make scrambled eggs with it. At the end stage, it, 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 it hatches, you got a chicken. 
in between, you have a hard shell and you have this embryo in the middle, in it. So humans won't eat it because they're not going to eat this, uh, this half, you know, half-developed chicken. And even an animal, the Rishonim say, won't eat it either because the shell, they, they don't want to eat it. It's the hard shell. So therefore, it is totally unfit for any use on Shabbos or Yantif. You won't eat it, and your dog won't eat it. So that's why Rab Shimon agrees to this case. Fine, so that's how we figured out a way to, that Rabbi Yochanan can hold like Rab Shimon and still have said his din that this chicken coop would be a problem. What's the case of the chicken coop? That's muksa when there's a beit sasafreya, when there's this egg with a half-developed, partially developed chick in it, that's when you have muksa on this chicken coop. That really Rabbi Yochanan said halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shumalevi am halacha k'Rab Shimon. Amr Rabbi Yosef Hanud Amr Rabbi Barachan Rabbi Yochanan. Amru halacha k'Rab Shimon. They said halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. So Amru they said halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. Veleilo sirule, but Rabbi Yochanan himself does not agree to them. Meaning there was two ways to learn this. One way of learning that Rabbi Yochanan would fit with Rabbi Shimon, and you have to figure out that the case was Beit Sefreiach. The other way of learning was that even though Rabbi Yochanan said Heim Amru, they said in Yeshiva halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. He himself held like Rabbi Yehuda. And the case could have been a regular chicken coop. A regular chicken coop would be muksa. You don't have to come up to this case where there's a half-developed egg that would make it muksa. Amalea Bailer of Yosef. Tisbura Yehuda. You don't agree that Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Harab Abba Rabbi Asi Rab Abba Demin Haifa. So they went to Rab Abba from Haifa. And a menorah, a uh, a uh, what's it called? A candelabra fell on the shirt of Rav, Yoy- of Rav Asi. Now it wasn't lit at that point, otherwise it would be dangerous. I didn't want to move it. My time up. Why didn't he want to move it? So he had this uh, leichter falling on someone's coat. My time up. It must be because Rav Asi was a Talmud of Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan was a Rav Yehuda. The Islay Muksa. That there will be Muksa. And since this candelabra was lit going into Shabbos, even though now the fire is extinguished, classic example of Muksa, according to Rabbi Yehuda, and obviously Rabbi Yochan holds like Rabbi Yehuda. So he's asking Rabbi Yosef, why Rabbi Yosef are you so convinced that Rabbi Yochan holds like Rabbi Shimon? We know from this story, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. So I'm like, you're asking me from a case with, regarding a, uh, a candelabra, Menarta Shani, this candelabra is different. It's different than your classic example of muksa that maybe even Rav Shimon would agree. Why that yachas a candlestick that you could hold in one hand, a candelabra you could hold in one hand. So there you can move on Shabbos. That's not muksa. Once the candle extinguishes, that's not muksa. However, it's so big, so large, you need to take two hands also the also to move it on on Shabbos. When it comes to a, a candlestick, that we hold like Rab Shimon. There's no muksa. Once the candle has extinguished, has burnt out, you're allowed to move the candlestick. But a candelabra, whether it takes one hand to lift it, 
whatever it takes two hands to lift it, you cannot move it. So don't ask me about candelabra. That's different. Even Rabbi Shimon agrees that this is muksa. A time of my, what's the reason for this? So since a person designates a place for it, that is considered muksa. So we're going to get into this a little bit tomorrow. There is a discussion in the Paiskim. Is this considered muksa machmas chesar and kiss? That by showing that I designated a place for this, so is that does that automatically be is that automatically considered muksa? So one of the shilas that comes up, very interesting question, is a clock. Is a clock on your wall? Is that considered muksa? On one hand, it's not usually you don't have a fancy clock. It's not the level of chesar and kiss. On the other hand, the Chazanish writes from this Gemara that your Adam Kavela Makam, you designate a place for it, so that, that would be, uh, that, that itself is called Muksa, that I designate a place for it like this Menorah. So I once saw someone take a clock on Shabbos and they use it as a cold cut platter. They ran out of serving trays, so they, uh, they made a deli platter on the, uh, on the clock. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so that's a uh, discussion. Ritz Hashem will we'll continue this tomorrow.